When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome to Stretford Paddock. This podcast is sponsored by Surfshark VPN. Now more than ever, our online reliance has been rapidly increasing. We stream our favourite shows, we keep in touch with our loved ones, we even watch podcasts like The Brew. And we like to think our information is safe, but as our online footprint increases, so does our need for proper security. Yeah, Surfshark is a VPN service that protects your information by encrypting all the data that you send through the internet, keeping anyone unwanted from seeing it. Another great reason to use a VPN is because content from different streaming services don't want you to watch everything in every different country. It's a disgrace. There's certain shows for America, certain shows for Canada, certain shows for Mexico, Venezuela, UK, Netherlands. How about you have access to all of them and get access to everything, whether that's Netflix, Amazon Prime, or even football highlights on Twitter. And with Surfshark, you can solve that problem by simply changing your location. Also, if you do go on abroad on holiday and you're in Tenerife and you're in Falaraki, you still want to watch BBC iPlayer, don't you? You still want to watch Premier League football? Change your location back to the UK while you're gone to get access to all of your home comforts. And currently, Surfshark are bringing you genuinely one of the most ridiculously good deals I've ever heard. Use the link in the description and use code PADDOCK, as you can see on the screen there, code PADDOCK, you will get, wait for this, 85% off, which means for something like a couple of quid a month, you can be fully protected. Plus, you get three months for free, and Surfshark also offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. So use the link in the description, promo code PADDOCK, as you can see there, for, again, let me just listen to this, 85% off, three months for free, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. No, it was early 30s, I think. Right. So I think some of them got me a gift, but just like little bits and pieces. So if that. you're 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 an adult going to an adult's birthday party, you're buying them a gift? I think if they've put on an event, like, not if you're just going for a meal, right, right at a restaurant, and it's different, isn't it? Because say you go, oh, I'm having a meal, a birthday meal at, you know, wherever. Yeah. And you go there. McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's or, you know, Burger King. Yeah, takeaway If you've won the lottery. See you in the car park. Yeah. 
Um, so you go down there, right? You've got to spend money at that meal, aren't you? Yeah. So that's like, so you've got to spend money at the meal and buy a gift. Right. If you've hired a venue, yeah. put on a party, got a DJ and all that, right? Yeah. You invite people to that venue to come to your party. Surely they've, you've got to say, so they've got to bring you a card and that. And a I gift. Feel, I feel like birthday presents are, it's, it's a mugs game. <laughs> What's happening? What? Well, it's, it's, it's a, a mugs game. It's just this. Do you know what? I'm going to try and use it that one. I don't want to do anything. What's that? I feel like picking up the kids from skills in mugs game. So I'm not going to bother. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> so so I, I, I thought it was like a given. You have to give. When you go to a party, yeah. you have to give a gift. You have to take a card. I think and I think the card's got to have a, either you've got to have money in the card yeah. or you've got to have a gift with you. No. When you go to a reception, when you go to a wedding, not the day you do, the yeah. evening do, do you take something? Absolutely not. No! A card, yeah, for that. Right? Yeah. With any money in? How much do I know him? How much do I like him? All right, someone from work. Callum. Well, it's actually, okay. I'm going, remember the time we used to take the mic out of Callum? Because he Callum's was, you know what I mean? And now I, he's probably going to get married before any of us. Let alone going with a gift. I'm going with an invoice for my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of nine people that's turned up. I won't pay for that. <laughs> Here you go, happy, happy wedding. There's an invoice in there, there. Uh, 12 day terms. Yeah. So not if, working days either, yeah. I want that by next weekend. Yeah, can we have that uh, sorted, please? Um, and if you want, I'll do a little speech. Um, no, I just thought, like, I can't believe it's not a, a thing. The reason we're talking about this is because it's yeah. of, this, of this parish, Alex Bagley's birthday tomorrow. Yes. Or it's his birthday party tomorrow. Yeah. And we're all invited. Yeah. And we're questioning whether we need to take a gift or not. If, if we go. If we go. Yeah, because it clashes with my dad's birthday meal. So I might. I might. You got him a present? Yeah, of course I have my dad. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I've got him. A... But you said turn up for the meal. I've got him. Um... <laughs> Didn't you? <laughs> so breaking I've got him some of the things we promote on this channel. <laughs> you got him, you've got him a, uh, a Surfshark membership. Yeah. <laughs> That's 83% no, off of no, your first three I, I went to Argos yesterday and got him something. That he wanted, he asked for. Yeah. He wanted it, so I've got him something I know he wants. It's always difficult with that because he's, he's getting a bottle of something. Yeah. It's like, you know, Jamie. The glass in and that. <laughs> he's just likes bottles. Yeah. <laughs> he's just collects them. So, yeah, I, I got him some of his dad. But I thought, right, if you go to a party, I thought yeah. you got to take a card. Get involved in the chat in the comments. Mm. If you go to a party, do you have to take a card or a present, right? Because I, I thought that was a given, and Joe's like, oh, no, you don't. No, I feel like, as a, and then not to make this a gender thing, but I feel like as an adult, and typically as a man, it's just sort of turning up and saying hello is present enough, isn't it? <laughs> you are. <laughs> See, I'm George Clooney. <laughs> My presence there is enough of a gift. There was enough. No, everyone will be talking about me being yeah, there. I've the, done him a right favour. Yeah, there's a reason they call it my presence. Yeah. <laughs> because that's all I'm fucking bringing you. There you go, here's up. your present. Hey, there you go. There's a little treat for all you guys. Yeah. No, no, I'm not doing any selfies. Yeah. I've got to go. I've got yeah. another party to go to. Yeah. I just bring a silver sharpie and just sign everyone's shirt as I walk yeah. past them. I like I I thought because I was saying to you before, like for me, most of the parties I go to, I take my kids before you start mm. the kids parties because they're always got to parties, yeah. and you have to take a gift there. You have to take. Your well, that's child. different though, isn't it? Because yeah. you've got the sort of the fickle immaturity of the child that you're sort of you're cradling. More there. than that, you've got the politics. But then the again, I suppose if you're thinking, of you don't want to be that guy. No, exactly. But I suppose if you're thinking of fickle immaturity. Fickle the maturity, Alex. Bagley. So if Go you have a pie, hand. I want to get this straight. I want to lay some ground rules right. now. Because my thirtieth this year. Your thirtieth. While this year. we're in America, so you better have some planned. 
Yeah. Monday the 24th of July. I will, yeah. You know, I've already sorted it. Don't right. worry. Good. <laughs> it's going to be a right treat for you, honestly. Um, but if you have a party yeah. and you've hired a venue, yeah, yeah, it works up town or like village fate or whatever, village hired hall. Hired a venue? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's the point. Do you think Alex is paid for this venue tomorrow night? Right, well, someone representing him has paid for it. Right, someone One associated with him. Sorry? One of his team. One of his team, one of his people has dealt with it, right? So he's hired a venue, mm. he's got a DJ, he's put on a buffet, right? Mm. You two, your plan, just before we went on air, as you were discussing was, let's go there, there's gonna be a bit of a scram, we can get some food and then fuck off, basically. Right, so you're gonna go to the party, not bring a gift, not bring a card, probably not even buy him a drink if we're being brutally honest. Well, he'll have loads of Eat, Yeah, exactly. Eat some food and then leave. That's almost, that's not attending a party. That's just like shoplifting. Just... <laughs> <laughs> All right then. All right then, I'll get him a card. Right. Whatever. What? You're gonna be like, I'll give him a five. He's gonna get a card. It's gonna have eight signatures on it from well, actually, in his office. I found three one dollar coins earlier, so I'll sell it at them to the card and ask for some change. That's for <laughs> you got anything back? Have you got for forty that? cents on you? Because uh, this is well over the what budget. Yeah, I want to get a hubba bubba while I'm away. Get involved, right? Because I think you've got to take a card and you've got to take a gift or you know. But if money you just were like, oh, we just not write it down when you have a party. You give you what? You 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 still think that Thatcher's in charge, don't you? You're still in the eighties in your head. Yeah, this well, is like she's not what <laughs> Baroness Thatcher. Those it's are the like good old days. Writing eh? down what everyone's giving you, so yeah. then you can sort of buy them a gift of equivalent value. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Here's the thing, Jay. What right. I do is I quite simply opt out. Adjusted for inflation, obviously. I won't get you a gift. You don't get me a gift. Yeah. Because with you, me and you, we get each other a little gift on birthdays, don't we? That's yeah. been a little tradition for the past couple of years. But there's a lot of people who. I don't really know quite well enough to assume that they would be able to get me a good gift. Right. And therefore, I don't want their gift. Yeah. Because if they're going to spend eight quid on me, yeah. on something I don't want, yeah. I'd rather have that eight quid myself because otherwise <laughs> I have to give it to them next year. Right. On eight quid's worth of gift that they don't uh, want. Yeah, I get that. Just opt out. This is kind of what we've done in, well, her side of the family have sort of done that. Now it's just for the kids. Yeah. So it's like, we won't get each other gifts. We'll just get the kids' gifts because their side of the family have got a lot of kids and cousins. I think there's yeah. 11 or 12 cousins. I Too forget. many. Whereas me, there's only my kids on my immediate side. Right. And then I've got others on the sort of wider side. But that's not an issue for us. Yeah. Whereas for them, it's like, right, we'll tell you what, we won't bother getting each other gifts. We'll just get the kids' gifts. So well, they've looked out there then, haven't they? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Why? Because you're the ones that would have had to... Sp no, you've looked out, should I say? Yeah. Because you're the ones that would have had to spend 12 Even quid's worth dramas, of gifts. 12 kids you, worth of gifts. Because then you miss, someone gets missed out and all that. It's, it's, just, it's just a drama. Get involved in the chat and the comment. This is an important subject we're talking yeah. about here. Focus. You might have noticed, if you're very astute mm. and pay attention... That there's no Stephen Housen on the brute. He will be back next week. Um, yeah. So you're stuck with me and Joseph, unfortunately. Sorry. It's you, okay. You know, you, you're here though. So, you know, I didn't want you here, but you're here now. So, you know, well done. Welcome. Um, 
Nigel Moore says, Jay, we are Manx. We always take a present. Joy Boy says, Jesus is 30. Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. I will be in July. Question mark, exclamation mark. Why did you say it like that? Um, how old was Jesus when he... Um, how old was I? Packed it all in. Yeah. He retired, basically, yeah, didn't he? Yeah, did, didn't he? Because it was, it was sort of like a voluntary oh, I think someone says, I would say. Joanne Bollard says, Joe, Joe, are you worried that you're approaching 33? So it was Jesus 33? Yeah. Was it right? Well, there you go then. Yeah, like uh, Danny Sabbath says, presents are overrated. See? Um, Fergie says, how much for Joe to shave his head? 50 grand. 50 grand? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's what it'd take for you to shave your head. No, seriously, what would is there an amount, a monetary amount? If someone said to you, I'll give you that and they had it, yeah. and they give it to you where you shave your head. I tell you what, I don't really spend a lot of money. I don't have like a thing. No. Like I, I bought a coffee machine recently, which was a bit of money, but it was only a couple hundred. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like yeah. big. I wouldn't really have use for 20 grand. Right. And I wouldn't do it for 500 quid. Right. Like okay. if you give me a million quid, well, I don't know what I'd spend a million quid on. A house. Yeah. But after that, so the money you day, save on not buying presents, isn't it? You've already got a stash. I mean, I've already got two or so three million that I've saved need? on cards. Yeah. Um, but like, if I if someone if I won a million quid, I would have about nine hundred grand of that just in the banking. I think years Brian time. Casey makes a good point. So I don't need it. When Stretford Paddock gets to a million subs, would you do it? Yeah. It, <laughs> no, I'm not. Do I I can't listen. I can't say anything. Will you grow your hair out and your mustache? So I look like, like use it. You call me Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil, because <laughs> it just goes around the edge. Like, I'd, honestly, yeah. you would look incredible. Like. <laughs> what do you have to do to do that? I think one. Well, like, that's easier than me growing right? my hair. I'm because still if, sort of like shaving my head. Yeah. I think you might get to an age where you don't care anymore. Like you're fifty odd, you might go. Yeah. I'll let it grow a little bit. Because if I, 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 I shave know. my hair, it's two or three years before it looks like this again. Yeah, yeah. If you all you have to wait is a month, yeah. and then you can shave it off again. It's immediate. Yeah. It's like when I grew a beard in lockdown. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you just let it go and you do it. So, yeah, maybe I might do it. I might get to an age because I'm not, you know what I mean? When you're like six. When you start getting to your cardigan era. Yeah. I sort of went through that when I went back again. Did you? I went through a cardigan phase in the late, when I was like, in the late 20s. Is this the sort of top man River Island cardigan? Yeah. You know, not not like, like you sort of, not your Cosby. No. <laughs> it's a nice <laughs> reference. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the best one you can come up with? He's yeah, he's known for it. <laughs> yeah, that's all he's known for. His cardigans. Sorry, uh, Mad Dragon. Welcome seven. Welcome to the academy. Uh, Neo Wolf. Welcome to the academy as well. We've got some more members content coming up next week. Yes. So watch this space. Yeah, yeah. some big videos coming up. Sam Z says, guys, when you come to the US, that's mm -hmm. America, the United States. Yeah, the Big Apple, stateside. Um, the Windy City. Exactly. The City of Lights. Come down to DC. The city that never sleeps. <laughs> So, <laughs> come on, come on down to DC. I'll take you to museums and memorials in the day and shenanigans at night. Mm. Maybe look for Wazza also. See, if I went to Washington, I would love to go to museums and memorials and all that because mm. I'm quite a you know geek when it comes to US politics. Yeah, you're a little boffin, aren't you? Yeah, a little nerd square. A nerd square, a Poindexter. Yeah, as I like to call my kids when they come home with the good reports. Yeah, oh, look, Daniel did Losers. really well. Oh, you little Poindexter. <laughs> That's oh, gone in the fire. Yeah. Take an apple for the teacher, did you? Yeah. Hey, pathetic. Yeah. Get Who a grip. Who do you think you are, Isaac Newton? Yeah. <laughs> Dropping it on the red light. Go on, here you go, nerd. See, you are gravity. Hey, Holly Willoughby, get a grip. Um, what? I was thinking of an intellectual. That was the first one that came to mind. That says a lot about you, doesn't it? You know, could have gone with Plato or fucking. You can't just Plato. You can't just make words up. Will Self. Hey, do you know? Will <laughs> Self. Holly Willoughby. Plato. 
What's yeah. a cartoon character got to do anything? Jill Franco says, and he's not, first of all, he's been a member of the first team for 27 months. Right. Too long. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue this point because Gio's forced us into the thumbnail already. Steel be <clears throat> fuming in 40 minutes in we're talking about what's on the thumbnail. He says, Park G Sung is the most underrated player in my lifetime. Now, I have an issue with this. I think he's become so underrated that he's become rated. You have nailed it, my yeah. friend. Because I have often argued that Park G Sung is underrated, was a great player, look at what he did. Go back to the Barcelona semi-final, absolutely smashed it. Yeah. Always gave you at least a seven out of 10. Yeah. Just a consistent player who would step up. And also you look at the games against Arsenal, phenomenal. But he's become that guy now where yeah. everyone mentions him. Yeah. And I remember seeing someone on Twitter the other day and it was if you could have any player from any United team no. in the world ever, no. right? In this current United team, who would you have? So we're going to say Brian Robson, Roy Ronaldo, Keane, Prime Rooney, Rooney, Prime Bobby Charlton, Prime George Best, Rio Paul Fernand, Scholes. David Beckham. Yeah. Yeah. Van Nistelrooy. Van der Sar, maybe, if you yeah. want to play out from the back a bit more. My man went with G Sun Park, and lots of people agreed. No. Now, I like Park, love the guy. He's been on the channel when we were Devils. Fantastic footballer, fantastic person. But the idea that if you can have any player from United's history in the current team, you'd pick him is insane. When he was in his prime, yeah. Fergie didn't pick him every no. week. There's a chance you could have Park and he'd still be on the bench in this team. I think he would. Yeah. When everyone's fit, he doesn't start. So I think the people have gone the other way. Yeah. And gone, he oh, was a, he's, he's, yeah. you know, he's that underrated or he's that one that never gets credit. Everyone's going to give him credit. Because let's not forget, he didn't make the squad in the 2008 final. No. Now Fergie, to be fair, said it was the most difficult decision he ever to make. But he, you know, when it came to the squad, he left him out. Mm. And when you look here, you think like players like Anderson and Nani and everyone, they played a part. So yeah. it was, you know, it's not like Fergie made a mistake. So I do think like it has gone a bit too far the other yeah. way. Now I know if my boy John Shin's in the chat, he's going to be giving me pellets because he loves him and rightly so. Um, but I do think it's a little bit like he's no longer underrated. Most underrated Man United player of the Premier League era. I think our mate on the thumbnail mm. has got a shout. Now, not Andy Cole, who's also been underrated. I think Andy Cole, because people love stats, right? We live in an era of stats. Stats. Yeah? It doesn't matter what you've seen. It's all about the stats. Yeah. So people look at Andy Cole's stats, and I think people didn't even notice. I think for some reason he sort of went on the radar. Yeah. And people went, what? He's got 187 Premier League goals. Yeah. He scored 42 in a season or 34 in the Premier League in the season. He scored consistently, you know, 15, 18, 17 Premier League goals every season mm -hmm. for about 10 years. Kane-esque. Yeah, it's like, wow, this mm. guy. So even if you didn't watch him, you can now appreciate it. Yeah. And because in any argument, if you've got stats, it's a sort of go-to thing, innit? Mm -hmm. People rate Andy Cole more. And I think, you know, the good thing about doing the interview the other day, and I've had a great response from it, and do check it out if you've not done already, is it was, it was kind of a bit of a chance for him as well. Because mm. we spoke about it when people were giving him, not giving him grief, but, dismissing him a little bit yeah. and comparing him to Darwin Nunes. He was like, hang on a minute. Yeah. Let's just have a look at the record there. Maybe I need to start fighting my corner a little bit more. Cause he doesn't, you know, like Jamie Carragher will go on, on mm. Sky and talk about when he 
almost won the league. Yeah, Mika Richards. Mika Richards. Does the same thing. Yeah, you when think I burst he was onto Cather, the scene. The way yeah, he's I burst onto the scene. Yeah. And, I, you know. and he never lets anyone diss him or dismiss him no. or whatever. He's always, he's, hang on a sec. Like, hang on a minute. Yeah, you know, yeah, I played yeah. six times in the Champions League. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And to be fair, Mika Richards, he's won a Premier League, he's won a, a fair fake cup. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but he's not in the same stratosphere as someone no. like Andy Cole. He's not even in the same league as Jamie Carragher. No. Who is no. not anywhere near the same league as Andy Cole. So Andy Cole sort of started fighting his corner a little bit or done a couple of interviews. People have started respecting him. That whole thing on Twitter, I think, made people realise, actually, this guy, four, I think he's the fourth top Premier League scorer ever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So he's getting some more props. Now, the thing with Dennis Sirwin, this has popped up recently because of this Hall of Fame thing, which me and you were talking about the other day. Premier League Hall of Fame, Premier League nominees, no Dennis Sirwin. Yeah. And then people going, you know, what about Dennis Sirwin? What? Now, Gary Neville said Denny Searing was the best fullback in the figure of the Premier League. Mm. So people start arguing about it and going, well, is he though? Look at Trent Alexander's numbers. Look at Robertson's Who numbers. Who gives a shit? Like, look Firstly, at- Ro- Robertson is a better fullback than Trent Alexander, okay. I think. I think that's a Has fair been comment. at a higher level for more of his time at Liverpool I than Alexander Arnold. Fair, fair comment. Um, so for, you can knock Trent out of the way immediately because he's not done it for long enough. He's only 23 now, and he's had two bad seasons before that, you know, before the age of 23. So he's not even remotely in the question. But again, to look at his numbers and go, oh, he got 13 assists one year, whatever it is. Yeah, but... Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Dennis Irwin, what did he play? Like 600 games for well, United? Let's go. If you want to go from the stats, right? Because you yeah, make a on. good point. The thing with Trent Alexander-Arnold, people go on about his assists. Because I think he's fourth in the all-time Premier League assists. He's got 47. Yeah. Right, which is great. But the thing with Trent Alexander-Arnold, we know he's good going forward. We yeah. know he gets assists. We know he can hit a free kick. We know all that. But part of being a fullback is defence. Yeah. Be defending. And he's not that great at it. He's always getting called out for it. And he's like, he's been dropped from the England team because of it. There was times when he wasn't even getting. I think Liverpool he's, rotating. Like yeah. James Milner was playing at right back. He's at not one even point. really had an England career. In no, because he's not. You know, he's not hit those heights. Yeah. So def- offensively, yeah, great. But a half of his game, the defensive side of it, he's he's found wanting. So you look at someone <laughs> like Dennis Irwin, and Dennis Irwin played 328 times in the Premier League. Yeah, he's got 18 goals, 23 assists. Mm-hmm. So good numbers. Yeah, solid numbers. Yeah, not spectacular. No, but good. Now the thing that this. The stats don't show you, it's context. Yeah. Now, bear with me here. First time United won the Premier League, we were going through an awful run. I think we'd won one or two of the last seven games. Mm-hmm. Or two of the last seven, yeah. Now, that had been the most recent games, but we'd had a patchy spell. Villa had won six or seven. So they were climbing, we were wobbling. Yeah. We went to commentary, and I think Villa went to Highbury the same day. Villa won at Highbury 1-0. We went to commentary, it's 0-0. Denny Serwin smashes one in from 25 yards. Mm-hmm. That goal is only one goal, but it is integral to United winning the league. Yeah. So there's no concept when you look at these numbers. That gives you, you know what I mean? That's yeah. part of the reason United won the first ever Premier League and our first title in 26 years, because he popped up with that important goal, which doesn't show you anything in the stats. Now, I watched Denny Serwin his entire United career. Yeah. A lot of those games weren't even televised. Mm-hmm. And he was phenomenal. He was so consistent. Yeah. You know, he won, I think, seven Premier League titles. And the thing is, you can win seven Premier League titles and play some seasons where you play 10 games or barely play. He played pretty much most games in all those seasons. Yeah. He was a vital part of that. 
So all those titles he earned, and he was a big part of the reason why we won them, plus some of the goals he scored, were massively important. Yeah. And I know it's just the Premier League, but he also won the Champions League, FA mm-hmm. Cups, League Cups, the Cup Winners' Cup. You know, he's got... Yeah, he's done it all. Yeah, he's done it. He's done it. He's got a pedigree there. So you, when you look at his entire career and his entire United career, every box you can think to tick, he ticks it. And no one ever questioned Dennis Irwin defensively. And he was good going forward. And also, imagine trying to play Trent Alexander-Arnold on the left mm. because you've already got a right back and you want to move him over to the left. Do you think he could do that? Do you think he could pin an assist with his left foot? No. I don't. Dennis did that. He did that every week. He was right-footed. Yeah. yeah. People forgot people he was right-footed. Yeah. Because when he took penalties and free kicks, you'd be reminded. Yeah. Oh, he's taking it with his right foot because he is right-footed. Whereas he'd run down that left wing, firing a pin-perfect cross on his left, yeah. and no one thinks anything of it. And the other thing as well to remember is, this was an era where fullbacks weren't expected to create all of your chances. No. The look, look at the way Liverpool played from 2017 to 2021 or 2022, whenever, the, you know, the, the sort of those peak Klopp years. It was, give the ball to the fullbacks, cross it to the back post. They did it yeah. dozens of times per game. It yeah. wasn't like, you know, oh, Gary Neville's on the overlap and he's put a couple of crosses in. It was literally their way of scoring goals. Their main way of scoring, their most consistent, reliable way of scoring was by giving it to the fullbacks and asking them to cross it. And fair enough, to do that, you need good crossing fullbacks, which Alexander Arnold obviously is. But Dennis Irwin's getting 40, what was it, 20-odd assists, 16-odd goals? 18 goals, I think it yeah. is. Sorry, uh, the, the stats here. It's 18 goals in the Premier League and 23 assists. Yeah, and he's doing that in an era where fullbacks didn't really do that. And certainly United's whole team wasn't based around him doing that the way Liverpool's was. I think for me, I don't know if you've got more stats on this, but for me, the best fullbacks in the Premier League era, if you want to compare them, are Patrice Evra, Gary Neville, Dennis Irwin, Ashley Cole, and Kyle Walker. They're the best five for me. Well, that's. I'm glad you mentioned those yeah. because, actually, looking at the um, the prem, the official Premier League stats. Sorry, I went off transfer mark. They've got him down as what did I say earlier? They've got him down as twenty. So transfer marks have got him as twenty three. Premier League have got him down as twenty four yeah. assists. Right. So either or, but that's above Evra. Mm-hmm. That's um, above someone like you know. I'm just having a look here. Above players like. I know he's not one of the best ever, but someone who's quite good getting forward is Kieran Trippier. He's above him. Now, you go to someone who else was it you mentioned, um, Kyle Kyle Walker. Walker. Kyle Walker has got 32 assists, so more, but it's not like he's miles away. Seven more assists. And And he's he's not won as many Premier Leagues as as Danny Sewin has. He's not won as many trophies. It's a different era where full-backs are more expected to do that. Ashley Cole, who's, again, more of a modern era than Dennis, but slightly overlapping, 31 assists. So it's not like he's miles away. No. And also defensively, this is the thing with Dennis Irwin. Yeah. Dennis Irwin played against some of the greatest players ever. Players like Rivaldo, like Figo. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? The, the players that you go like, if you were to have an all-time list of the greatest ever players, they'd mm. be on it. And he kept them quiet. Yeah. And, you know, by and large, you know, there's games where some of them were playing centre-forward, some of them weren't on. But if you had a player who was on the right-hand side up against Dennis Irwin, there was no dramas. And to be honest, obviously, I started watching United consistently from the sort of 2000 season. I've got memories from 98, first game was in 98, memories from 99, but 2000, 2001, 2002 was when, obviously I was eight, nine and 10, when you really start having that appreciation and watching more consistently. So I don't have that many memories of Dennis Irwin. 
So because of that, I defer to what my dad says about him, who did watch you know, as many games as possible through that period. And he always talks about how good he was yeah. and how consistent he was. And there weren't these seasons where he was good, seasons where he was shit, you know, weeks off, months off. He was eight out of 10 or nine out of 10 <laughs> every single game yeah. for a decade. Like you, you can't put a price on that. Can I just give you some stats as well, right? This is five, I'm gonna give you five seasons at United, right? Some of this is first division, some of it's Premier League, right? Yeah. 52, 51, 48, 62, 54. Yeah. Those are his appearances in a season. Yeah. 62 appearances in a season That's where we won the double. Every game. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine a player now playing every single game? Except Bruno Fernandes. Like, well, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's like that. But he yeah. gets praised, doesn't he, Bruno? Yeah. And at the end of that season, we won the double. Yeah. And we got to the, F, uh, the League Cup final as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was like we were one game away from completing the whole set. So... Look at that. He's just completely available. Played every game in the league that season. 42 games. It was a 42 Premier League game, I think. Uh, season, sorry. And also, you know, we won it. We won the, yeah. we won the title. So, I'm going to get into some of the comments. But I think, yeah, there is an element of that. And we'll talk about... Because there's obviously modern football. As you mentioned Bruno. I want to get your thoughts mm -hmm. on that as well. Because we can talk about Denny Sue on an Apple. Yeah. do it all day. But I think it, it comes up with, with some uh, more recent players as well. Um, Neo Wolf says, actually come to Boston. You guys can take revenge. For the Boston, he's put teat party, but I think it's tea party, innit? Boston tea party sounds a bit more exciting. It does, doesn't it? It, it? it sounds quite, you know, jovial. <laughs> get, get us boobs out and that, Jay. Hey. Have a little tea party of our own. Hey, Kyle Chester says, Daily Blind, United's best centre back post Fergate until now. No. Okay. Um, Brian Casey, so underrated, underrated, sorry, he's forgotten. Jesper Blomquist. Yeah. I'll give you one thing Jesper mm. Blomquist played 41 games in the treble winning season. Yep. Um, Edward Wilson, low key, and Herrera was the most underrated due to the fact at times he played as a second CDM under Mourinho and Van Gaal. He was spot on against Hazard. Um, I mean, I think with Ander Herrera, I think he was quite loved for a spell at yeah. United. He became almost like this cult hero. So I don't know whether he is underrated. Maybe to some, some mm. degree. Because he was a good footballer. I think sometimes he just gets noted for the fact that he followed Hazard around and the yeah. fact that he spat on the crest at City and when he grabbed um, your man, or who was it, Kyle, uh, not Kyle, uh, Ross Barkley yeah. against Everton. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? All that sort of stuff. But he was a very good player. I've got a couple of players from, from the slightly bygone era who Go I on. think are underrated. Go on, I'm interested. First in one is Gary Neville, who was, we speak about yeah. this occasionally, but he's, because of the, the persona he's taken on at Sky, which is the sort of, you know, very much the self, um, what's the word? Deprecating. Self-deprecating, of course. Self-deprecating, you know, I was barely good enough to get in that team. You know, I remember my last game, I, I knew I'd finished, I was knew I was finished and all that stuff. He basically takes the role between him and Carragher of the, of the shit one. Do you know what I mean? The way they talk and the way their banter is, you would think that Gary Neville was the worst of the two players. And I think it's got to the point where a lot of people who, especially on social media, who are, let's say, between the kind of, 13 and, and 20, 22 year old age group didn't really see Gary Neville play between 1997 and 2007 those 10 years there he was in the conversation for best fullback in the league and I don't think he was there were better, there were better players like the, the ones I've mentioned I think were, were, a lot of them were better than him but you would think based on how people talk about him that he was almost lucky to be in those teams you don't win what was it 10 Premier Leagues um, let me just count it's either 9 or 10 you don't win 1, 2, 3, on. 4 Five, six, seven, eight, I think it is. Eight. Sorry. You don't win eight Premier Leagues by being a little tag along. Can I just it say this? It is impossible. As well. you, in the Premier League team of the year, one, two, three, four, 
five times he's in the Premier League right. team of the year. That's what he I'm saying. He was considered during like, that time the best right back in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, and I'm not trying to say I don't think he was as good as Dennis Irwin. I think we've I think Patrice Ever was more productive and more sort of well, you know, inspired well, the way he played. Front, you mentioned Kyle Walker. 32 assists, Gary Neville 35. Yeah. So he did get a sense. He did. Well. He was he was a very, very good player. And again, yeah. he was another one who was solid. You're getting sevens or eights out of him every single week. And it feels like he, he's now looked back on by people who didn't really watch him as this kind of happy-go-lucky, you know, Fergie liked him, so he played him every week. No, he was a very, very good defender and a very good player. It's, so I think he's underrated. It's interesting, because like Jamie Carragher says things like he, he was quite critical of the Liverpool team, wasn't he? And he said he wouldn't have got in the Liverpool team now. And then yeah. the other week he said, actually, I think I would. I don't think he would. No. I don't. What, Carragher in the Liverpool team? No. Yeah. No. I don't think he's... Any, if Matip and Van Dijk are fit, yeah. I still think Van Dijk's a better player than Carragher was. Yeah, even, I think Even Matip when is. Van Dijk's dropped off. I think Carragher was, you know, a decent player, but he's also a decent player in a Liverpool team that, barring one season, I don't think really challenged for the... Oh, sorry, two seasons challenged for the title. No. You know, 2009 and then obviously the one where the Gerrard slip one. Yeah. Other than that... They weren't really title challengers. Like Van Dijk last season was relatively poor by his standards. Yeah. And they finished one point off winning the league. They got to the Champions League final. They got to, they won the FA Cup yeah. and they won the League Cup. Jamie Carragher, I mean, obviously they didn't win it. And I know Carragher won the Champions League. But Jamie Carragher never had a season that consistent. He probably never had a season where Liverpool won as many games as they did yeah. last year. And also, you win the and, Champions and League, you win the Champions League, yeah. but it's not like it was a defensive masterclass. They conceded three goals in the final. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I just think that you would think, it's almost like the roles are reversed with those two. Yeah. No, I think I think yeah. right, because I remember Carragher threw and shade at him saying, no one ever grew up wanting to be film, uh, Gary Neville, sorry. Yeah. And Gary Neville was just laughing about it, and it's sort of that whole thing, you know? Yeah. And I think out of the two, one's got a state for being one of the best full-backs Premier League's ever seen, one of the best defenders. Yeah. And the other one, with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I don't think he has. Yeah. Just on that front as well, everyone's obsessed with assists. The third highest assister from, the, uh, well, who do you think the top assister is defense, from the defenders? Leighton Baines. You, you, he's third. But this is a bit of a get out of jail free card because he only played in um, defense for the sort of last half of his career. Ashley Young. Yeah. Yeah. But my point is, Leighton Baines has got 53 assists. Is anyone really claiming Leighton Baines is no. better than, or he's, he's one of the best fullbacks ever? No, he was good. Yeah. And he had probably two years where he's one of the best yeah. in the league. But, but these, some of these players have had a decade yeah, where they I could I think it's that thing of, because it starts and yeah. it's assists and it's exciting. You look at it, but I don't think, you know, to prove a point, like Leighton Baines got 53 assists. Yeah, you would never say he was one of the best or no. the best fullback the Premier League's ever seen. Ashley Young's got 71. I mean, a lot of them are from midfield. But again, you're not going to have him in that conversation, no. are you? So I just feel like sometimes we get too sort of stat heavy. And also, there's not like the same amount of attention or even footage mm. of some of the, 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 the players from the early Premier League days. No. Do you know what I mean? I remember when I was a kid, you know, if you couldn't go to the game, you'd be gutted because you, you get unless it was a, a match or a highlight match on a match day, you literally get the goals and that was it. Yeah. Because there was no, obviously, no internet to watch it, to stream it. And there was no, you know, Sky Sports covered like, in terms of United, they cover like one every mm. eight games or something of United. So it wasn't like, oh, I'll just watch it on the telly. Yeah. So yeah, I think sometimes it's because of that. But going into the modern era. Yes. Because we can talk about Dennis Irwin and, and um, 
Gary Neville and I all think them. Paul Scholes is underrated again. Scholes there. You can buy like stocks and shares in it. Carrick went up and down. Yeah. Carrick had a big moment. Park Ji Sung's having a big moment. I think Scholes is on that downward trend. Now it's time to buy on Paul Scholes. Do you think? Yeah. Why it, do you think that is? Why do you think he's underrated? Because, because he's arguably. Yeah. I'd say he's the third best midfielder I've ever seen. Who behind? Keane and. Robson. Robson, yeah. I think. For me, because I, again, because I'm slightly younger, I have less memories of Keane's peak. Yeah. I prefer Skulls to no, Keane. I get I'm not going to... It's not a hill I'll die on. Keane was if 11 said, when, yeah. when he left. If you, said, 11, if you watched all of it, the games, yeah. and you preferred Skulls, I think that's a fair argument. Yeah. But I, different I, players. Yeah, different players. I, yeah. Think, I think the comparison between Gerrard and Skulls is wrong. I think Gerrard and Keane is a better comparison. I think Keane yeah. is better. But... Yeah. Yeah, skulls. It's weird because. But again, people go to numbers and they go, they look at the goals that Gerard scored in finals and all that stuff that people love to look at, um, and they look at Lampard's goals, and then they go, well, both of them must be better than skulls. I think he's better than both of them. And again, Steve makes this point all the time, which is a good one. People love to dissect United's great teams, especially that '99 team, where they say, well, Schmeichel was a bit of a showboater and you know his style of a substance with his big stuff and all this. You go his through big stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Like spreading no, himself no, no, out. No, no, I, and all I get that. it. The, you know, Gary Neville wasn't very good, and Ronnie Onsen wasn't very good, and you know, Dennis Irwin was a bit of a sort of you know steady, steady Eddie or whatever. They go through that team. Roy Keane's overrated. Paul Scholes isn't that good. Ryan Giggs never scored any goals. Andy Cole's overrated. Dwight York was a one-season wonder. Like they go through the entire team. David Beckham was just a sort of, uh, you know, a, a, a famous person more than a footballer. All right, then, well, if they're all not very good, how did they win the treble? How did they win three Premier Leagues in a row? It's obviously not true. But yeah. I think Scholes has been sort of swept up in that where it's like, well, you know, he won yes, he won 11 titles, but it do not count because he was just surrounded by good players. But whenever you want to talk about those good players, people diss them as well. I think Paul Scholes is one of the most, like, influential and and, and inspirational in terms of what he did for the team, players United have ever, has, has ever seen. And the fact that he was there for all of those league title wins um, is testament to that. I think he's a phenomenal player. Listen, I, I, I couldn't agree more with yeah. that. And I think the, um, I'm just trying to bring it up now. There was, there's one season in particular um, where it sort of, again, stats don't always show you the full thing, right? The full sort of what went down. Mm. But in, in 2002, 2003, where we we won the league yeah. um, from uh, Arsenal, we you know we Arsenal had won it the season before, yeah. and there was this question over oh, Arsenal now is it going to be their time because we won three in a row and Arsenal won it, and we came back, and this is I think this is Scholes' most productive season in terms of goals. He got fourteen Premier League goals mm -hmm. and twenty in all comps. You go, okay, that's a good season, but it's the nature of those goals yeah. and the win because we came from behind and Scholes sort of carried us with goals and assists towards that title towards the back end of the season, and a good example of that is Eric. Remember in 96? Mm. Eric Cannon in the 96 season didn't score loads of goals. He missed that because he was still banned. But we won 1 0 in like five of the last seven games and he scored the winner. Yeah. And it's the context that people don't get. Scholes was that player who could get you over the line, yeah. who could control a game. Yeah. And he controlled big games. The control of a game is a big one because yeah. I don't think. Lampard certainly didn't have that, but he was no. a slightly different player. No. Gerard kind of developed it as he as he as his career went on, where he had to sit back out of necessity. Yeah. But as a younger man, I think Gerard was at times victim of his own enthusiasm. Do you know in that sort of Bruno Fernandez way sometimes, where you're like, "You're probably our best player. Why are you sprinting? Why are you in that corner flag? Why are you in our corner flag?" Paul Scholes' positioning and his ability to control the game, which a goals and assists counter isn't going to tell you, was 
I think, better than anyone in the Premier League era. For me, controlling a game, no one has been better than that, uh, you know, certainly since I started watching football and Paul Scholes. It's mad because I remember Jamie Carrigan and Gary Neville having this argument. I remember shouting at me yeah. because I don't think Gary Neville was sticking up for Scholes well enough because Jamie Carrigan was making a point where Fergie went out and bought Juan Veron. If Scholes was so good, why did he, be, why did he buy Juan Veron? Yeah. Well, Van Verong didn't get in the team. No, and also, if Gerard was so good, why was he the worst midfielder in the team when you won the Champions League? Yeah. Xabi Alonso is a better player than Someone Steven Gerrard. Mascherano that. is a better player yeah. than Steven Gerrard. If he was so good, why was he the worst player in, worst well, player he, in midfield? He, you know, Alonso got in that team, Mascherano got in the team. We bought Veron, moved Scholes to off, play off the striker, and then ended up moving him back in midfield, and Veron got moved out to the right and then dropped. Yeah. And also, you know, this idea, and, and, and Carrigan said something else, something else. He said, when everyone was away with England, everyone raved about Paul Scholes. Why then? Yeah. <laughs> Why? Yeah, because he was shit. Yeah. Why didn't they rave about Gerard and Lampard? Why were they all going Scholes is somewhere else? Because he's the best player. Yeah. And I think there's something special about him. And you're right. It's always this thing when people go, well, look at his assists, you know. Yeah. Lampard scored more goals, and Gerard got more assists or whatever. But there's no sort of metric or stat for controlling a game, no. for controlling the tempo of a game, for, you know, pinging balls about and there's just being able to sort of dictate how the, the game goes, which is what he did. Yeah, there's that clip that does the rounds on Twitter occasionally. Just search Skulls Arsenal on Twitter and you, you'll find the video. And I think it's he's like 38 or 37 at the time. I think it's 2011 or 2013, I'm not sure, whenever it was. Um, and it's like a two-minute clip and this sums him up so perfectly. He sat, receiving the ball off the defence, and he'll do a little one-two, and he'll just go to the other side of the midfield and get it back again. There's the sort of thing we, we look at Fred and McTominay to do, and they just don't have it in the locker. And then he'll get the ball, and he pings the ball over the top to ruin his foot one-on-one with the goalkeeper. And I think he miscontrols it, or he, he gets a shot and he goes out for a corner or a goal kick. The ball comes back over, he gets it again, and does the exact same thing again. Twice in two minutes, he picks the ball up off the defence, looks up and plays someone in one-on-one -on -one with the opposition goalkeeper against Arsenal. Yeah. Like one of the I mean, even then, they're one of the best teams in the country. The ability to just do that back to back to back. I think we're already 2-1 up. Yeah. And he's just one twos either side of the midfield, just creating space, slowing the game down and then picking it up when he wants to. Putting people through on goal from 70 yards away is just unbelievable. Yes. No one else could do that. And it's like the, there's a goal that Ian Wright scores for England that Scholes doesn't assist for. And it's like he puts a bit of backspin on it. Yeah. So he plays the ball over the top and it sort of bounces and then just sort of... Yeah, like land, a golf chip. Yeah, yeah, like it sort of backspins into his path. And Ian Wright's a good finish, to be fair. But that pass is ridiculous. Yeah. And it's little things like that. And I think that what, what you have a lot of the time as well on the media nowadays, you have these cheerleaders. They either cheerlead themselves yeah. or they cheerlead others. Yeah. So you'll get someone like Carragher who will talk about him, you know, he'll sort of... So big himself up a little bit, but mainly, you know, going about how wonderful Gerard, Gerard yeah. Gerard this and Gerard that, and you never stop hearing about it. And you have other players like Makovic is all going about, you know, how good the city lads are and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think that sometimes, because Gary Neville's a bit more neutral now, isn't he? Yeah. So he will praise Scholes and say he's the best player, but he doesn't hammer it home. No. And then because Scholes is quite sort of modest, yeah. when he's on there, he's not going to go, when I had the ball, when I did this and I did that, I was wonderful. No. And, you know, I, I would tear teams apart and everyone, you know what I mean? I, everyone would give me the ball all the time. Because everyone did. Yeah. If you watch them United teams, you'd always give it to Skolza. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then he'd do something with it. So there's a little bit of that, that modesty, I think, that comes in through it, all that just sort of nonchalance about how good you are. You don't yeah. feel like you need to push it. And I think they suffer from that sometimes. Yeah. Because you have these sort of arguments like, oh, well, I'll tell you what, you know, this player was that and this player was that. And it comes from a lot of the media, doesn't it? Where you've yeah. got pundits will go, oh, I'll tell you what, you know. 
I've seen Peter Crouch getting more praise on BT Sport than Scotland. It's just mental. Um, a few super chats. Danny says, why doesn't Hall of Fame go through each season? Start with those who started the Prem work backwards. Rivals just pissed first 21 would be United. If you were to do it in like titles one and achievements like that, it'd just be half United. And they don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a great point. Jed's dead baby, member of the uh, Academy for three months. Injuries hampered his career, but Wes Brown is massively underrated. So good. Probably up there with Rio Ferdinand in terms of just natural ability, like one of the most naturally gifted defenders I've ever seen. Was in the United team at like 19, mm. playing in like, not regular, but playing in Champions League against Barcelona and teams like, just kept getting injured. He got an injury when he was 20, I think, Shame, for a season. It? But even like 2008, is probably the best season I've seen from a right back at United ever. Yeah. And he was, that was his one season where he didn't get any injuries and played like 50 odd games or whatever. Uh, Akash Solomon says, are you guys having a meet up before the Wrexham game in San Diego? Can't wait for the game. We having that yet? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I think we should do that. I'm looking Love forward to. to that. Yeah. Um, Abdullah Ibrahim says, Slippy G was just a high right reel. Um, he was out of position and a ball watcher. He would fly into tackles and score some belters. Mm. But often basic. Yeah, like, listen, I'm not saying Jared wanted to go play. He's obviously very good. good. Yeah. But, you know, his defining moment, whether he likes it or not, is that slip. Yeah. It is. Do you know what I mean? Now, it wouldn't matter if he was like Scholes and he had another nine titles to turn to and go, oh, okay, no. I, I missed that one up, but I messed that one up, sorry, but I, I won it, you know, almost every other year, well, more than every other year. But they didn't. That was the one chance to win it with him and it didn't happen. And you look at someone like Scholes, like you were saying earlier, they almost get discredited for the amount of titles he win. Can yeah. you imagine now, if, if, if Pep or City go on to win 13 Premier League titles, you'll never hear the end of it. Like, you know, genuinely. And you think, all right, fair enough, because it's a ridiculous achievement. Mm. Yeah, United, it's just dismissed. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's because of Ronaldo. Well, he wasn't there for 10 of them. No. So you can't blame all him. It was Beckham, all right, then he wasn't there for six of them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Beckham spent more years playing for clubs that weren't Man United than he spent yeah. playing for United. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it's not like it's all just down to one or two players you want to give credit to. I've even seen even pe- people making the argument, well, United, obviously going to win the title with Ruud van Nistelrooy. He won one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I That's like, the thing, there were so many so, people that were so important as yeah. time went on, but it, there's no one person. And to be honest, if you want to put United's success on one person, obviously other than Fergie, I think Paul Scholes is the closest you can get to that. Yeah. He's the only one that was genuinely pivotal all the way from 97, and obviously we won before that, all the way up to 2008. I, I, I would argue to a certain degree Giggs as well. Yeah, Giggs as well, but I think by 2008, you were seeing uh, a yeah. Giggs that there's wasn't a, crucial a fair to that comment, team. You remember like, I think yeah. it was 2005 FA Cup final, I think he got like two minutes yeah. or whatever. Giggs was still and one of the Champions first League final, he didn't start, he came yeah. on for a penalty. Scholes was one of the first names no, on the team right. sheet up until he retired and yeah. then came back. So. I'm not no. saying Giggs wasn't important. No, no, but, I but Scholes is the single thread that ties the mid-90s to the teens, yeah. and he was pivotal to all of it. He, to me, he might be United's greatest Premier League player, to be honest. I think that's a, you know, a fair comment. Yeah. One that you know you, you could argue against, and you could sell oh, yeah, this, that, and the other. But there's, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's a yep. definitely a shout there. My personal favourite is Keane, but yeah. I, I'm open to that discussion. Just before we wrap up, I yeah. want to talk about some of the modern players, because we've got Andy on the thumbnail, which may yeah. be a little bit like... What, why is he on there? He's a 100 million euro player. He hasn't set the world alight. Why do you feel that he could be classed as somewhat underrated? Do you yeah. think he's getting unfair stick? <coughs> I do, yeah, and I'm going to shock you here. I'm going to quote someone who you might be surprised about. Uh, formerly of this uh, parish, Casey Evans, he was uh, tweeting the other day, and he made a really good point that I would like to bring to you, okay? He said, there's a difference between overrated and overpriced. Because I think... Anthony, we paid too much for Anthony. 
he shouldn't be a, a, an 80 to whatever it is, 80 rising to 100 or whatever we paid for a million player, obviously. But that doesn't mean he had that transfer hasn't been successful. People gone like he's one of the biggest flops of the season. We've seen Booby talking about it on Last Fan Standing. We've seen you know countless pundits, countless this, that, and the others talking about how he's not been good enough. He need even more, and we do need more out of him. He ain't got a right foot, and he don't go down the line very often, and this, that, and the other. I get it, but he's probably going to get double digits goals this season. He's starting every single game that he's fit for. He's playing a, a, a comfortable and crucial part of a team that has won more games this season than any team in Europe. He's already won a trophy. He scored big goals. He scored uh, in, in, against Barcelona. He scored against Man City. He scored against Arsenal. Like he scores in big games. He's not someone that like even Lukaku, who you know he he might be able to win a couple of trophies with a team, but he's not carrying into those trophies because he doesn't do it in big games. Anthony is. A good player, not much more than that, but to act as though he's been this awful, you know, tremendous waste of money that barely deserves to play for United, I think is really unfair. And I think that's the narrative that we're creeping towards with him, where yes, he's overpriced, but that doesn't mean that he's overrated. I think he's been good for United. And I think Ten Hag has probably got what he expected to get out of that transfer. And to me, that's that's really all you can ask. I want more from him next season. I still think he can improve, but he's a young lad. And something that's under uh, another part of his game that's underrated. Sorry to keep going. No, no, please do. But when you can compare him and Garnacho, and I think Garnacho is more exciting. I think Garnacho has got that sort of flair, that rawness to him that we all love. And I think Garnacho's got a great future ahead of him. But in those big games where you need to keep the ball and control the ball, Anthony feels like he's wasteful because he's flash, because he's got a skill move, he spins around. He actually very rarely gives the ball away. And I think especially in those bigger games, like, like against Barcelona, like against Arsenal, having someone where you can give him the ball and he might create something, he might score a goal, but actually he will just make sure that the, the play is rotated, he's not going to give it away, he's not going to do something that's silly. I think that's a little underrated quality about him. I think if you want to keep possession and keep pressure on another team, keeping the ball is huge to that. So having a player that can be productive, he's got a couple of assists and uh, I think seven or eight goals, and you can trust him to keep the ball when you're trying to dominate teams. I think he's been good and maybe not much more than that. But you think the way people talk about him that he's been awful and he absolutely hasn't. No, I, I, I agree. I think people have gone too OTT with the criticism. And I said this a few weeks ago that I think, I think we was on a video with me and you on Paddock Live. Like the issue is with Eric Tanak, all his transfers have been a success. Yeah. Casemiro, one of the best midfielders in the world. I know he's had too many red cards, but still, yeah. still. Martinez, unreal. Even Malasia, what a bargain. Yeah. Ericsson, phenomenal. Yeah. Like every sign he's made, even Vegos, right, he's not scoring goals, but he's playing a part and he costs nout. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's on loan from Burnley, what do you expect? So everyone's played a part and done well. Anthony's the only one with a bit of a question mark around him. Yeah. So I think so many people who don't like United and don't want to give Ericsson our credit, jump on it. Yeah. So they go, oh, you wasted all that money on Anthony. I always think with any transfer, right, if it's successful, would you, if you could go back in time, yeah. would you still sign him? Yeah. Would you still sign Anthony for that price we paid for him? Because you can't change the price, that's what it is. Yeah. Or would you go, we shouldn't have got him? Do you know, no, I wouldn't say we shouldn't have got him. I'd buy him yeah. all day long. Yeah. All day long. Yeah. It's not even a consideration for me. Yeah. And this whole thing of like, well, we overpaid, you're right, we did overpay we for did. him. We well, did. The option is you either don't get him or you pay that. Yeah. So we needed him. Yeah. And I think he's been a very important player for Manchester United. And also, he's not done. He's not 33. No, he's 22. Yeah. Or maybe 23 now. Yeah. yeah. He's going to get better. It's his first season in the Premier League. Now, you look at Ante, and he's doing well. He's, you know, there's question marks around him, but I think 
you can see what's there. You can see why it's an ad loves him and why he trusts him and what he does. And also he will track back and do stuff. Someone like Jaden Sanchez is probably more of a concern mm. because he can't keep fit. He's, I know he had his time away. I'm not blaming him for that, but he does have. He seems to have these little illnesses and niggles and stuff. Yeah. There's still a bit of a question mark. Where do you play? He hit, yeah. Like, yeah. I think he's nailed on. He starts on the right. That's him. Yeah. With Jaden Sancho, I'm not using this as an excuse to bash him, but that for me is I'm probably more concerned about Sancho than I am about Anthony. Yeah. I still think Sancho's a fantastic player. And I expect him to, to to shine next season, but you look at it and you go, oh, Anthony, Anthony, Anthony. I don't really think there's as much of an issue there. He's kind of done what he says on the tin as That's well. That's what I mean. Like. Did you think he was going to come in and score 20 goals? You only scored it, was it eight and f eight goals and four assists last season? Or something like that. His numbers weren't that great. No. In no disrespect, the Dutch league that Ajax walked. But he is a threat and he can keep possession like you've pointed out. And he is a player that the manager trusts. And you can see why he trusts him. Yeah. So, yeah, I hear that. I'm going to go through some chats before we wrap up. Um, <laughs> Mark Dragon 7 says, signing Anthony for less means more dividends for the Glazers. Why care? Um... Emma Kay says, if pundits are satisfied with Grealish's performance, then they should be satisfied with Anthony's. Yep. They're more than, than just goal assist players. Um, yeah, that's a really good point as well. I think that, you know, Grealish, who's had several seasons in the Premier League and he's outputs and he's in a you know, a team that's better to be unfortunately. And yeah, his his output is um, you know, pretty similar. Um Ross Murphy says, I think Anthony needs to be coached by Benny McCarthy. Um, the same he has helped Rashford. Who knows? Listen, I think the coach is working with him. I, I like Anthony. I think he's an exciting player. He can drive you mad a little bit, but yeah. that's a good winger, that. Wingers are like that. Nani was the worst for it. Yeah. Nani's highlight reel is unreal. But yeah. I remember sitting through a lot of those games where you, you know, if you had air, I would have ripped it out. But you, that, you expect that from a winger. Because one thing I want from a winger is to try and make things happen. Yeah. And he does that. So long may it continue. I hope he doesn't listen to the haters because I think he's a very good player. Uh, Joe, where can people find you? Uh, Sloppy Joe's podcast uh, and uh, Joe Smith 93. Yep. Uh, we'll be back on, well, tomorrow the preview's going out. Yep. And get on this, right? This is going to shock a lot of people. Mm. We've done the preview after the presser. You joke. So we've not. What, so we're not going to get caught out with team news. And we're not. We've not picked Denny Sirwin and Paulins in our star eleven. That's who was it, man. Until yeah, the we're actually going to know who may may or may not be fit. So that'll be out tomorrow morning. We've also got the watch along on Sunday. It's me, you. It's like the Sloppy Joe's Scotty and Marty special, isn't mm. it? You got me, you and Ethan. Ethan's joining us on this side of the camera because he's a Jordy. So we're going to give him a load of grief. Uh, and also Dave Scott's joining us. So make sure you are hitting like, share, and subscribe. Big thanks to everyone who supported the channel. Thank you, Joe, for joining us. Thank you. Steve will be back this weekend or back on Monday as well. So don't worry if you missed him. You're going to get your Stephen House and Phil. That's been Joe. I've been Jay. This has been The Brew. Make sure you hit like, share and subscribe. Thanks for watching. Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.